Thank you for tuning back in to Fantasy Insanity. I am John Bosch, your host. Tonight, I have on someone to talk about a particular style of fantasy football that I find extremely enjoyable. He is a, a writer. He writes and uh, you know runs a website, so he's got all kinds of stuff around this particular subject. He does have some awards, an award to his name, and you know he's been nominated for others. I'd like to welcome in my fellow QB lover, Salvatore Sal. Stephanie Lay. So thanks for joining me, Sal. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on tonight. How are you doing, John? Doing just fine. You know, I introduced you as a QB lover. The the thing you're here to talk about tonight is two QBs and Superflex. Uh, it's actually a format that I love. So we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Uh, but just wanted to start it out by finding out, you know, how long have you been playing fantasy football? Let's see. I started back in, when I was in grade seven, so I think that was like 1997. Um, I just started playing like those Yahoo salary cap leagues. I'd know we'd have a break in class. I'd hit up the computer, get on my Yahoo account, and just start you no know, fooling around with the numbers, the money, and just trying to make a, a roster for the season. And I thought it was kind of fun, and I just kind of got the uh, the itch to play more and more from then. So seventh grade, you started. You started uh, just in a break in class. They didn't have the websites blocked at that point. No, there's no. I don't think there was such thing as an ad blocker back then. <laughs> I'm guessing right now, if uh, if a kid tries to get onto a fantasy football website in seventh grade, that computer sends off an alarm somewhere. Yeah, probably get the principal coming in, yanking you out of class. Oh, big time, big time. So did you start? So you started out in those leagues. When did you kind of start transitioning into? Uh, those were those I assume were just standard leagues, one QB, yeah, correct? Just like as basic as it possibly could be. Okay. And how, how long did it take you to realize that you hated wide receivers and running backs? Well, you know what? The thing is, like, I, I, I don't hate uh, every <laughs> position other than quarterback. And I, I, don't, that, I, don't, I don't either. People just tell me yeah. that I do because I like quarterbacks <laughs> so much. The the funny thing is when I started my first two-quarterback league, I actually hated the format because it was back in the day when there just wasn't enough quarterbacks to go around. And, you know, you have to start to like, so like Aaron Brooks and Jay Fiedler. And yeah. you're like, well, I don't want to start these guys. That's not going to be fun. They're not going to be that good. This is going to like be kind of a crappy experience. So I kind of you know, went into it with a negative attitude. But eventually I just turned that around and it made me realize that I got to research even more quarterbacks than I used to. And I got to dig deeper and I get to learn about like those backups and third stringers and you know, learn more about the, the, like, the depth chart battles and just get really into the quarterback position, which then made me love two quarterback leagues, which is kind of a sentiment I hear from a lot of people that are hesitant to try two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues. But once they do, they kind of tend to not go back. Yeah, so so you mentioned two quarterbacks and super flex there. You want to do us a favor and just kind of tell tell everybody what exactly what those are and what the differences are? 
Yeah, sure. So for a two-quarterback league, it's pretty standard. You just start two quarterbacks instead of the one. And in a super flex league, your flex position opens up to the quarterback position. So rather than being forced to start a running back, a receiver, or tight end in the flex, you have the option of starting a quarterback. And those are really just the two main differences between uh, traditional leagues and standard in the two QB super flex leagues. Do you have a preference between a straight two QB or a super flex? Uh, myself personally, I prefer the two quarterback league format. I mean, a super flex league basically is a two quarterback league in disguise because for the most part, you're going to start a quarterback in that super flex spot. But for people that are like new to the format and don't want to fully uh, transition from a one quarterback to a full two quarterback league, I do recommend trying out a super flex league first to try and get your feet wet into it. Because you can go into the mindset where like, you don't have to start a quarterback, even though you really do, but it kind of gives you that illusion that you don't have to. So it kind of like gives you like a, you know, a bit of a stopgap until you do go full 2QB. Yeah, in super flex leagues, from what I've seen in the past, if you end up trying to start a, uh, you know, a wide receiver or a running back, or even for some reason a tight end, uh, above a quarterback, because that quarterback is just, you know, like you said, you don't want to start Aaron Brooks because – who the heck wants to watch Aaron Brooks? But sure enough, that quarterback, he ends up putting up points every single week. So Yeah. I mean, quarterbacks tend to usually score the most points in the league. So it all really does depend on your league settings. But default is usually to start a quarterback in that super flex league. Unless you let went like super like receiver, running back, tight end heavy to start the draft, and you're choosing like say between, I don't know, like a Rob Gronkowski and uh, like a Mike Glennon in your super flex or something like that. But for the most part, it's a the quarterback is usually the super flex option. Yeah, how how do the drafts tend to go in you know in a super flex or a two QB league? I think I'm just going to call them two QB league from now on. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a mouthful to say it both yeah, every I time. Mean, so yeah, exactly. I mean, super flex is a sexier word, but two QB is the default. Yeah, I mean, like the drafts, like I said. I mean, your settings are going to matter the most to how many uh, you know, roster spots you have overall, what scoring settings are. But uh, I found that, uh, like I say, a, a new two-quarterback league just that is just starting out, the draft strategy varies so much because you'll either have owners that you know, put an extreme value on the position and just go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback heavy, or you'll get like those newbies that are still in the mindset of it. No, no, I've been playing in a one quarterback league for years. These quarterbacks are just so many of them. I can just wait. So it's kind of like a balance between the two. I mean, like one year, for example, I wrote up some articles in XN Sports where I talked about this one-two quarterback league where the first 11 of 12 picks were quarterbacks and 20 of the first 24 were quarterbacks. And then I compare that to another one where, like, the first quarterback wasn't drafted until the fourth round. <laughs> uh, that's what I like about two quarterback leagues. It like you're always going to get something different than compared to like a, a traditional one quarterback league where the default strategy now is to go you no know, late round quarterback and just wait. Yeah, what uh, you also mentioned, you know, the scoring mattering, which obviously that matters in every single league you're ever in. Uh, what scoring do you favor when you're playing in a two QB? Do you favor the quarterback getting the same value for passing touchdowns or, or do you like the four points for passing touchdowns? I mean, uh, I'll play in either or uh, my default is six points per passing touchdown. Cause that's basically the only type of leagues I've ever played in myself. 
But, no, if you do play in a four-point passing touchdown league, those rushing quarterbacks do tend to get a bit of a value bump to them. So that's mm-hmm. something to look out for when you have scoring settings in mind. But if it is like a six-point passing touchdown, then you want those guys that are going to throw a ton of touchdowns because those points do add up at the end of the year. So if somebody's looking you know, to get into a two-QB league and they've never done a draft before um, – where might some of the quarterbacks go? Like, where might Andrew Luck get drafted, you know, on average? Sure. Um, yeah, we don't have any um, redraft ADP yet. Mm-hmm. But generally, you'll get, like, uh, say, like, the elite tier. Uh, so, last year, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, uh, two QB ADP for that. They were all first-round picks. And Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers usually was the debate of if they go 101 or 102. And this year, so it's going to kind of depend on how the quarterback tier shakes out. But I'd, I'd imagine like Rodgers, um, Newton, uh, maybe Luck will probably sneak back in there. I think, you know, Tom Brady could, Ben Roethlisberger. Those five guys you're probably looking at, uh, and Russell Wilson, as possible first-round picks in two quarterback leagues. Yeah, which is but then huge, uh, after huge difference. that. Yeah, compared to your like traditional. I mean, mm-hmm. you still do have people that will draft the quarterback quarterback leagues, even though they shouldn't. But it still does happen. What about some other players? Then you know, if you've got there, there's players that don't get drafted in like your standard league. You know, do backups get drafted? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the uh, ADP numbers from last year. These were provided by uh, Joshua Lake, who at the time was writing for Fake Pigskin, and we had uh, 31 quarterbacks that were drafted on average last year. So, I mean, like the likes of um, Ryan Mallett were drafted, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> <laughs> no, here, like Geno Smith. Like, you do draft backups in two quarterback leagues, especially, like, say, if you're playing in a 12-team league because, I mean, you're already starting 24 every week, and say if everybody drafts one backup, well, that's 32 quarterbacks gone already. But some of those starters you don't want, and some backups you think are better than starters, so you'd rather have, like, say, a Mike Glennon over uh, – well, uh, Ryan Mallett was drafted last year, but I would have rather had someone like Mike Glennon than Ryan Mallett, just as an example. Yeah. In that, uh, the next, t- next issue, you know, everybody tries to handcuff their running backs in standard leagues. Is handcuffing something that's prevalent in two QB leagues? You know, I think – uh, in some drafts it is cause, I mean, I'm not sure if you ever played in a, a 14 or a 16 team, two quarterback league, but that's something that I have done in the past. And those are the type of leagues where you are going to draft quarterback handcuffs, but you're only going to draft like either the elite quarterback handcuffs or the ones you think are, have a chance of winning the job or playing behind a star that are injured. But for the most part, quarterback handcuffing isn't a big strategy at least for me it's not but it does play a huge role later on in the season you know you know when uh, teams are looking to either sit their quarterbacks you know we all remember the matt flynn six touchdown game from a few years back and then just like championships for some people exactly but no injuries um ineffective play that all does add up in season so even if you don't handcuff quarterbacks during the season, there is a lot of movement on the waiver wire to quarterback leagues. Just as an example, this past season, there were 53 different quarterbacks to start at least one game. That, that is crazy. That, yeah. That's just absolutely crazy. 53 starters, and if you're only playing in a 1QB league, yeah. you're, you know, you're only starting 12 at the start of the season, and then you know maybe by the end of the season you have 20 starting quarterbacks running through your league, whereas the NFL has 53 at that position. That's yeah, just crazy. It's, 
I have played in, in some super flex leagues. I, I, I described in the past a little bit the super the dual super flex league that I ran that, that got out of hand. We our intent wasn't to make it a three quarterback league, but that's just what it ended up being once the NFL went past happy crazy. So Yeah. We we went way overboard. It was fun though. We we did enjoy how many it. how many teams was that? It was a that's the reason that we did the dual superflex actually because it started out at fourteen teams. We did expand mm-hmm. one year all the way up to sixteen teams. Yeah. So when we had sixteen people and you were able to start three quarterbacks if you were drafted <laughs> that way, I mean I I'm pretty sure I think that year that we had sixteen. I think that was the year Jamarcus Russell was a rookie and. <laughs> He was drafted probably in like the fourth or fifth round of this draft. It was, it was insane. But it was, it was probably the right pick by the person that picked. I, I, it was actually my wife. I can remember. She had, I can remember she had Jamarcus Russell. I'll never forget him for that because he he ended up having a game four where she started him rightfully so because he was a quarterback and he got her negative points. <laughs> so uh, that does happen in in the uh, when you're starting quarterbacks. It, because you have to start them. They, they've they got, you know, like you said, they have the highest potential for points, but occasionally they will throw up that terrible game because they are Geno Smith. They're terrible. So you shouldn't – they shouldn't be playing in the NFL, but if they're going to be in the NFL, you know, I guess they're going to be on a fantasy team somewhere too. So Yeah, I mean, if uh, Jamarcus Russell gets his wish, your wife might be able to draft him again this year. Oh, my heavens. No, no, <laughs> uh, no, no. Nope. Put uh, the no, foot down on that one. No way. <laughs> I don't think – I know she wouldn't. Yeah. She, she would not. She remembers that name very well. Yeah, so, I don't think anybody would draft them, no matter no. the uh, ADP, which would probably be non-existent. Yeah, they would have to be drinking a whole lot of that purple drink to be like, hey, I love Jamarcus right now. Let's let's go ahead and add him in. Uh, so, you know, in, in these two QB leagues, you did mention that the in-season management tends to be extremely different, um, you know, when you're in a regular league, week one, everybody sees Dion Lewis and goes, oh, my gosh, I'm blowing my whole fab. Well, what's that uh, What's that tend to look like when a quarterback gets hurt? Uh, yeah, you're, you're going to blow pretty much all your fab money at the start of the year if, some, if a quarterback ends up being a starter. Uh, a good example of that was Terrell Pryor a few years ago when, no, he won that starting job over Matt Flynn. No, week one, everybody's trying to figure out how much money they have to spend to get him on their roster. And if you wanted Terrell Pryor, you pretty much had to, you know, spend 100% of your fab money in a two-QB two or Superflex league to get him. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, people that drafted before the Bills <laughs> – quarterback situation last year did pretty much the same thing on Tyrod Taylor with with these types of leagues you know is there a format that fits them better are they best for redraft or can they be pretty much universal for any format I think two quarterback super flex leagues can be universal for whatever type of fantasy you're into be it redraft dynasty uh, auction salary cap no, DFS is a big thing, so there's no fantasy aces does two quarterback DFS. So basically, whatever type of fantasy league you're into, you can make it a two quarterback or super flex. Yeah, I, I don't know what state you're in, so maybe you're not allowed to play. But if you're in a state that allows it, do you play the two QB uh, DFS? That's right. Yeah. I, I live in Canada and uh, British Columbia, so they, it's not outlawed here. And uh, yeah, I, I I did play some fantasy aces. And did you, uh, what was the experience like for a two QB DFS versus, I, I don't know, did you play any regular DFS as well, the single QB? 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm not a big DFS guy, so I'm mainly a dabbler. But when it comes to, say, fantasy aces and their two-quarterback DFS system, uh, the quarterback pricing is really, really tight when it comes to the quarterback position. So let's say uh, FanDuel is an example. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the top-priced quarterback. Let's say he's like $10,000 for the week. Uh, and, and then say uh, 24th quarterback on price. But when you're on a site like Fantasy Aces, there's not a whole lot of difference between the quarterbacks because you're starting more of them. So they put a real big emphasis on making sure the pricing is really tight so that you have harder decisions when it comes to making your lineups. Yeah, I, I played on Fantasy Aces a couple of times and realized the, there, was, there was no way for me to make a lineup that I could basically take like the elite quarterback that I wanted it was always. It seemed to me I was always trying to find the middle of the road quarterback that might have a good matchup that week and and put up a couple of touchdowns. I have kind of stopped on the DFS <laughs> at this point. It, it was it was somewhat enjoyable, but uh, you know I I'm I'm hoping to focus more on some other types of leagues this year. I'll probably still dabble, like you said, dabbling it can be fun. So yeah, I mean, if you're not too hardcore into it and uh, you don't mind losing a few bucks every week, it it can be a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. So in single quarterback leagues, you know, a lot of people do quarterback streaming. They treat the quarterback position like the tight end position, which is just a shame because the quarterback position is so much more important than a tight end or a defense for the love of God. Defenses, which are getting kicked out of fantasy leagues at this point Um, in a two QB league. Is there any chance that that could even happen Uh, for? Yeah, I'll start by saying yes. But when it comes to streaming in two quarterback leagues, it's something you have to think long-term on draft day. Uh, So basically, since I've started writing about two quarterback leagues, I always uh, do write about quarterback streaming on a weekly basis. But one of my top draft strategies, I've dubbed it the studs in streaming, where, like, say, you draft your quarterback one early in the draft, like in the first four rounds or so, and then you'll stream the quarterback two position. So streaming two quarterback leagues is kind of different than streaming in one quarterback leagues. As you know, like, if you're playing in one quarterback league and you want to stream, you pretty much have your pick of whoever you want on the waiver wire. That's not really the case in two quarterback two quarterback leagues because for the most part all those quarterbacks are drafted already at least the ones that are relevant so when it comes to streaming two quarterback leagues you will take like say two or three quarterbacks in the mid to late rounds in your draft who you'll stream in season based on matchups and when it comes to that matchup thing i mean like strength of schedule that's not really my thing but pat thorman of pro football focus fantasy writes one of the best strength of schedule analysis pieces every offseason and I'll base my uh, studs and streaming article on his matchups for the year. So I'll look at the the QB2, QB3 tier and try to match up a couple quarterbacks that I think will do really well in season based on their strength of schedule. And then I'll stream those, uh, that quarterback two slot during the year. But if you're looking to stream in season, it's basically you're going to go after the guys that are starting based on an injury or based on somebody getting benched and you're going to be fighting the rest of your league mates to try and get that guy because there's usually not that many to pick up. So you always have to be aware of the quarterback depth charts, injury news, and just everything around the quarterback position so you can kind of be like a week ahead rather than be a week late. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is how how much do you focus on the quarterbacks that aren't on your roster but are in the NFL? And, you know, if some guy, some guy has a down week, he might not be getting benched that week, but 
you know, how, how far in advance do you try and pick up that backup, even though they might not be playing the next week? Uh, I'm always focused on the quarterback position. So news, notes, injury status, uh, ineffective play, all that stuff plays a major role in my research for two quarterback leagues. So like two, three weeks in advance, four weeks in advance. I'm always looking at depth charts, reading the news, you know, seeing who might get benched. Um, like for an example, a few years ago when Josh Freeman was a starter in Tampa Bay, you know, we had those rumblings, Mike Glennon might become the starter at some point. And my, uh, I would always write a waiver wire article for XN Sports. And at one point I pretty much just dubbed it the Mike Glennon countdown, waiting for Mike Glennon to become the starter in Tampa Bay. And if you're someone that's hardcore about two quarterback leagues and you do the same thing, you need to pick up Mike Glennon like two to three weeks before he actually got the starting job. Like that's the type of research you have to do when it comes to two quarterback super flex leagues. Do you have Mike Glennon on it? Do you play any dynasty two QB? Uh, not at the moment, but the one I did, I did have Mike Lennon. Uh, and then I traded him, and then I traded for him again. Uh, with, uh, his pretty fun times with uh, Jeff Miller there of Dynasty League Football. I was going to ask if you if you still if you still had him on your roster, and where where in the world is he going to play? But uh, I mean, if you know, he I know he's one of the names that's been mentioned that could be a possible candidate to be traded to Denver. So if you know if you do play in a two quarterback Dynasty League. And the Mike Lennon's either sit on your waiver wire or you can pick him up for real cheap. It doesn't really hurt to, you know, add him to your roster now and just see what happens. Because, say, on the off chance he does get traded to Denver and he does become the starting quarterback, you just found yourself a quarterback one for real cheap, which is kind of the, the biggest advantage you can have in a two-quarterback league. Yeah, how many bench spots do you typically have in a two-QB league? I mean, I assume it varies based on league setup, but, you know, the ones you play and what are you typically used to? Uh. The my former main league was two bench spots, and that was a fourteen team league. So your bench spots were very very valuable because you only had the two. And if you wanted the quarterback, you're usually you know dropping a really good player to get him. But I played in like leagues that were two, three, four, five, six. So yeah, whatever. You're, if you do play like in a deep deep two quarterback league with a lot of bench spots, that's a good place to stash some like quarterback three types. Yeah, I, I wow, a two a, a two bench spots. That's yeah. that is intense. I got to believe yeah. the waiver wire action in that league was nonstop. Yeah, waiver wire trading like everybody was it was a very active league. So that was fun part. Yeah, you got to really prepare for that draft to make sure, you know, usually it doesn't matter if you pick a, you know, if you get three players on one bye week. Uh that particular league, you that might change who you draft big time. Yeah, and that was a 14 teamer too. That's that's crazy, yeah. but uh, so you know if you if you've got six players on the bench, then you might be using two or three spots for backup quarterbacks that have a shot at playing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you'll look at the depth charts and you'll see some backups who you think could start, or maybe a backup who's playing for a quarterback that's had some injury history. He's like, oh, I can take a flyer on him now and see what happens, because you have the you no know, the room to do so on your bench. You're not wasting a you no. Know, a valuable pick. It's more like a late rounder that you know who you might just cut anyways, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you've played in a league for 15 years and it's always been one quarterback, two running backs, you know, maybe two receivers and a flex or three receivers and no flex plus a tight end. How do you, how do you suggest, uh, you know, approaching the changing of that to a two QB league? Well, the first thing is you have to get everybody in the league in agreement because you no, know, not everybody wants to switch over to a super flex or two quarterback league. 
So if everybody in your league isn't happy, you're probably going to have a bad experience right off the bat. So if you are going to transition to a two-quarterback league, my advice that I always tell everyone is to make sure everybody in the league is in board because you really don't want to hear them complaining in season. But if you do have a full 10 or 12 team league that's raring to go to two-quarterback Superflex league, my advice is to read draft strategy articles. Um, check out any two quarterback ADP you can find. Follow a bunch of two quarterback writers on Twitter to try and get a sense of you no know, the differences between a one quarterback and a two quarterback league. And you no, know, on the surface, it doesn't seem like a big deal. You just you know if you're going from a one quarterback league to two quarterback league, you're just doubling the amount of starting quarterbacks every week. But no, draft strategy is altered. In-season waiver wire management is you no know, altered. If you play in an auction league, no quarterback prices are going to be different. You're going to be spending draft capital um, much earlier on your quarterback two slot. Um, some of those you no know, top receivers, top running backs that you see in like one quarterback leagues will drop down in drafts so that some of the quarterbacks can go up. So in a traditional one quarterback league, if you no. Know, uh, let's say it was Des Bryant and no Calvin Johnson who's now retired were no someone that you would take with like a you no know, top five pick. They might slide down the draft so that a quarterback like Russell Wilson could go up in the draft. So that's something you're going to be looking out for is just how different the draft strategy is between a one quarterback and a two quarterback league. So how far down when you are doing this draft, how far down on the quarterback list do you start going before you think, you know what, it is time to take, maybe the fifth best wide receiver, you know, how do you, how do you try and weigh those options out? I mean, it's always going to alter in your specific draft that you're in, but no, when I do my quarterback, uh, two quarterback draft research, when I'm preparing, I always rank by tiers and then I will try to offset that with any two quarterback ADP data there is. So I'm looking at no, usually the QB one uh, running back one right receiver one tier. They kind of like match up evenly, but I would still rather no take a receiver or a running back earlier because those quarterbacks are just so many of them that the position is just so deep that you can still get good quarterbacks later in the draft that are high scoring compared to like those elite receivers and running backs who tend to go off earlier than expected just because there just aren't as many of them. So I'll tend to, I'll tend to favor those non quarterback positions over the quarterback position, but I'm very flexible when it comes to in draft management that if there is a value at quarterback, I tend to do pounds on it. Yeah. Uh, flexibility is, yeah. is definitely the key in, in drafting and you in a two quarterback league, you have to be even more flexible in a one quarterback league, the rankings are, I mean, you have rankings for the two QB leagues too, but there's just so much more variation because of the the value of the quarterback or the importance that everybody else might put on that position all of a, all of a sudden, whether it's valid or not, which, you know, depends on how much they score. Yeah. But, uh, exactly. um, so, you know, a redraft league is basically just getting everybody on board. That's not terribly hard to change over. What if you're in a long-running league, a dynasty or a salary cap league? Is it even possible to make an adjustment in that kind of a league? 
No, like I'm sure it is possible, but I think it'd be you know really difficult, especially if you're in a uh, one quarterback dynasty league, and all of a sudden someone in your league's, hey guys, let's switch over to two quarterback dynasty league, and that's coming from the guy who has like Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck on his yeah. team, <laughs> while other people in the the league have been just streaming the, like the Mike Lennons or the Ryan Fitzpatrick's <laughs> or Kirk Cousins all season long, and they're like. Well, hey, wait a minute. If we go to a dynasty league, you're obviously going to have the advantage over all of us. So I find that I'm not even sure how you would go about that because I've never transitioned from a one quarterback league to a two quarterback uh, league in dynasty format. It's just always been as a startup. I like. I'm sure it could be possible where you maybe give some of the owners like an extra draft pick or some incentives because their rosters aren't as good. But no, those. Values are altered so much from a one quarterback to two quarterback league that in a dynasty format, it's going to be really difficult to try and get that where everybody is happy. Yeah, you just have to set it up correctly at the start. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, in in leagues that you have seen transition, um, I assume everybody would like it because I like it. Uh, you know, what are the reactions that you've typically seen in some react in some leagues that have made the transitions? Yeah, basically most people are just like, I'm not sure why I didn't do this earlier. You know, quarterback's the most important position. Now it actually matters in my league. You know, draft strategy is so much more in-depth. I got to you know, research more players, and that made me spend even more time doing something I enjoy doing. So, like, they might be hesitant at first. It's like, well, I don't want to do that. That sounds kind of dumb. But then once the season over, most people are like, no, I just finished my first two quarterback league. It's really fun. I can't wait to do another. Yeah, it is It is addicting once you start playing that style. Uh, you get used to watching the quarterback. That's what, you, that's, what the, that's what the TVs are, you know, the cameras are focused on. They're not, they're not watching that third wide receiver that's split out wide. You know, they're focused on that quarterback. So the player that you're watching every time all of a sudden is the one that becomes super important to your fantasy team. Um, so, you know, if somebody, if somebody is hesitant, if, some, if you are getting resistance, you know, how do you give the hard sell of, hey, let's give this a shot? Yeah. Well, first off, I just tell them how much fun it is to play in a two-quarterback league because, you know, instead of going to a default of just waiting and waiting and waiting to draft your quarterback, they actually do have value now in a two-quarterback or Superflex league where you have to put some thought into draft strategy and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, when do I want to take my first quarterback? When do I want to take my second quarterback? Do I want to take two quarterbacks early? Do I want to take one early and one wait? And just like just drafting in two quarterback leagues is so much more fun than drafting in one quarterback league. And then I'll focus on just how deep the position is nowadays when it comes to fantasy football and how fantasy football scoring has changed. Uh, if you take a look at uh, my go-to fantasy stats site is fantasydata.com. And just before, when I was doing some research for the podcast, I was just looking at scoring numbers from 2015 to 2005, so just 10 years ago. And the quarterback one in 2005 was Carson Palmer, who had 265 fantasy points. The highest scoring quarterback in 2015 was Cam Newton with 389 fantasy points. <laughs> so you can just see a big difference there right off the bat. 
But no, this year there were seven quarterbacks that scored over 300 points. In 2005, there was eight quarterbacks that scored over 200, like not even one reached 300. I know Carson Palmer led the league in points per game back then at 16.6. This year it was Cam Newton, and he was at 24.3 fantasy points per game. And we had four quarterbacks this year who, no, regular quarterbacks, which meant like they started, you know, 15 or 16 games who Mm. averaged 20 fantasy points per game. And back in 2005, you know, Carson Palmer led with 16.6. So you can kind of see a difference in scoring, just how it's, you know, risen every year. And like quarterback is the most important position in real life. And it's kind of like, it should be the most important position in fantasy football because they score so much but they just become so devalued over the years because of the depth of the position that they're kind of like an afterthought in one quarterback league, whereas where two quarterback leagues, they just become the most important position. But I kind of find that that depth at the position is starting to catch up even in two quarterback or super flex leagues too. So that's it's something to keep note of if you do play in two quarterback leagues where before I think you had to always you know take quarterback early. Whereas nowadays, you can still wait on the quarterback position, but just not as, you know, you can't wait as long as you would in a one-quarterback league. Yeah, with uh, with 53 starting quarterbacks last year, I, <laughs> I, I should have done a little research and looked up how many starting running backs there were last year. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably close. I mean, even if a team, you know, if both running backs on a committee are considered a starter – that's still, I bet 53. I bet it's not that far off. Yeah, that'd be a good uh, research study to do. But, uh, I mean, in two, two running back league is extreme. You know, that is the standard. That's what everybody plays, two running backs. So, and they're way less important. Oh, wait, no. I mean, I like, I love running backs. I love <laughs> running backs, people. So, um, you know, I did mention at the beginning that, you know, you, you have won an award and you've been nominated for another. Uh, I'm curious, the the article that you were nominated for, uh, it was Best Humor Article. What, what was that article about? Um, so uh, each of the past three years, I've been doing this one article, which is basically taking a Patrick Swayze movie and using quotes from that movie to give advice about trading in two quarterback leagues. So I start off with you know, the Roadhouse Guide to Trading in Two Quarterback Fantasy Football Leagues. And last uh, two years ago was Point Break. And then last year I did Dirty Dancing. So it was the Dirty Dancing Guide to Trading in Two Quarterback Fantasy Football Leagues. But yeah, like, yeah, Patrick Swayze movies are just like some of my favorite movies. And just, you know, there's just so much pop culture references in fantasy football to begin with that mm-hmm. it just felt natural to merge the two together. Yeah, if you run out of Patrick Swayze movies, not that his lexicon isn't, you know, super, <laughs> super deep. Do you have any future actors that you might pinpoint? Uh, I'm sure I'd be able to figure something out. I already got, I already know which movie I'll be doing this year. So after that, it might get a little dicey because the, there's just not as many quotes. But I'll see if I can figure something out. Tune into that, people. Read the articles. They are, they are entertaining. Um, you know. You mentioned that there are sites out there dedicated to, you know, this particular type of league, and they do have ADP. Give a plug to that great website. Yeah, so this offseason, myself, uh, Joshua Lake, who you can find on Twitter at Lake2QBs, and uh, Greg Smith, who you can also find on Twitter at GregSauce, we decided to, you know, 
band together and start a fantasy football league dedicated to two quarterback and super flex leagues. Just because I've, you know, from when I came into the fantasy football community to now, there's been more of an interest in two quarterback leagues and super flex leagues. So I just figured we might as well just have one home where we can you know all go read our articles, share our thoughts, just like basically build a two quarterback community. So we did that, and our website's called 2QBs.com, and you spell that out, T-W-O. Yeah, I, I highly recommend going there for anybody that's you know interested in learning about a 2QB league, a Superflex league. If you're already in one, it is a pretty good resource. Um, don't tell your league mates unless – well, no, I guess we should. You guys, you guys want more traffic, but uh, tell, them, tell them after the season. Go ahead and use the resource, and then tell them how you won. Uh, you know, you guys really do have good content on it. So it is a great resource for those listening to this. Uh, definitely go there and seek, seek out the, the information from there. So I do tend to ask, you know, some out of this league, out of the league questions, just because I find them entertaining. So <laughs> I, I have a couple of follow-up questions with you just before we end this. Uh, how many Alex Smith tattoos do you have? Uh, as of now, just four. Just four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got one on each eyelid, uh, one on my left bicep, and one on my back. I really hope that's actually a humorous answer. <laughs> um, so you, you actually, I was, I was actually listening to Living the Stream today, and they were talking Alex Smith, and they were saying, you know, ah, oh, just why do we get so much? You know, nobody likes him, nobody likes him, and you know what? They were like, oh, you know what? Salvatore does so. You you are known for your Alex Smith love. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could take credit for being the first one into <laughs> Alex Smith, but that's all thanks to uh, Kyle Wachtel. He used to have his own website where he wrote this article about what Alex Smith could become as a fantasy football asset in two uh, – well, not two quarterback leagues, but I took it to two quarterback leagues when he signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. And just like the outlook on his possibility – was so immense. I'm like, and then I started doing the numbers with his ADP, and he was barely being drafted. And I thought he could be the key to you know, two quarterback drafts that year. And that was a season where you, you know, finished as quarterback 13. So ever since that, I've you know been on the Alex Smith bandwagon. And shout out to Kyle for being the first one to you know bring him to my attention. So if he were a restaurant, which one would he be? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I don't go out to eat as much i just really go out for sushi in vancouver so my favorite sushi place here is called momiji so i'll just say he's the the best uh the best bang for your buck when it comes to sushi here wow so he gets he gets top billing not just you know well it's good enough sometimes when you have when you have to fill in something well yeah when it comes to my mentality in drafting no i tend to be you know a late round quarterback guy and he's kind of been like the no the cream of the crop the past couple the past few years yeah, he can be he can be really helpful. So, what what type of music do you prefer? Let's see. I'm into Motown, The Temptations, and then uh, my favorite band is The Hold Steady. Well, that was a pretty strange way to end the podcast. <laughs> so, here's what happened. I record all these on a Google Hangout, which streams live on YouTube. For some reason, YouTube cut the feed and basically put me in the timeout corner. I have no idea why. I appealed their decision, and they reconsidered. I asked what I did wrong. I got no response. Sal suggested that YouTube Google hates Alex Smith. He might be right. I would love to know what happened and what caused us to get shut down. If for no other reason, then I don't want to repeat it in the future because it was a hassle. I don't think I'm ever going to get that answer. But if you think you know the reason why, tweet it to me. I have no prize to give away for the best suggestion. 
but I think for entertainment and value alone, it'll be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll read the winning suggestion on the future podcast. I'll, I, I probably will do that. If, if somebody sends something that makes me laugh as to why we were shut down based on our 2QB talk, I'll read that on a future podcast. So tweet at Empire FFL. The reason that Sal and I got shut down for, for talking about Alex Smith and 2QBs, uh, you can follow Sal at 2QBFFB. Go to his website, 2QBs.com. That's T-W-O-Q-B-S.com. It's a great resource if, if you're going to play in a league that's super flex or, you know, double quarterback. Those are great formats. I highly encourage them both. They're a lot of fun. Give them a shot. Go to his site and find out information and prepare yourself for it. Sal, I do want to thank you for joining me. Sorry that we got cut off. My apologies that we were so rudely interrupted. As for everyone else out there, I appreciate you listening. Continue to rate and review this podcast. Most importantly, share it. Retweet the tweet that I have pinned on my page. Go to at Empire FFL. Just hit retweet. That goes a long way to getting more people seeing this and then more people listening to it, which is going to do nothing but just help this grow. So I do appreciate all the support. Continue to interact with me at Empire FFL. That's it for now, guys and girls. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the insanity. What you gonna do?